You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abukta. This is MERPS. Hello. All right. Let's talk arena. Uh, people are not super duper happy with the way that arena is right now. I don't know if you guys who are listening out there have experienced that and they're like, oh, Merps is nailing what I'm thinking. Or if you have been watching streamers, a lot of people have been very vocal about it. But let's talk about what the meta is and what metas should be. And let's get to the bottom of this frustration that people are showing. Yeah, we're, we're titling this one Meta of the Future because we are now in the Meta of the Future. This is the first Meta of the Future. As in, the meta is probably not going to change in the future significantly from this. Except for times in which they bring wild back and then the meta is going to get worse. As you see. Uh, Like actual wild. Not like three years ago wild. Like six years ago wild. So, the current meta is defined by all of these big power plays. Combos that are easy enough to piece together in arena that everybody's gonna hit a couple of combos and they're big They are as big as game-ending combos were even two years ago two years ago You pull off some of the combos you pull off now games over now you pull off one of these combos I don't know you have like a 50% chance of winning at that point like like a 50% more so if you had like so if you were like tied with your opponent and you had a 50% chance of winning at that point then you do your giant combo you now have like a 75% chance of winning like it, it just goes 50% towards 100% victory right like that's the meta right now why because your opponent has ways to recover everybody has so many things and the reason this came about is not because of any weird offering rate things. If anything, the weird offering rate things that are happening, um, well, we'll talk about War- Warlock afterwards, um, but a lot of that is actually to control the power level and to bring things down, right? You're getting like caverns brought down, you're getting like some of the worst offenders in the Paladin category brought down. Like all of these are, are actually trying to control what's happening here, but it's still out of control. It still feels out of control for the vast majority of really good players and probably the vast majority of veterans because it's just a power level that's different than before. So we're going to talk about the meta of the future and just kind of where it goes and what you can do about it uh, uh, right after this. But first, I'm going to explain just one of the things that you look for in this meta, right? Because you could say, look, if I don't get the most ridiculous, sickest deck, I'm just going to lose, right? Like, that's a lot of people's attitudes about it, and that's wrong. Um, it's very easy to go 0-3 or, you know, 1 or, like, 1 or 2 or 4 wins with, like, a whatever deck, right? That you're like, this deck is kind of okay, but I guess that means it sucks. That's going to happen. And it's going to happen more than it did before. And it was already happening earlier this year more than it did before that because there was a power spike in December with uh, with the release of... Um, Oh, why am I blanking on the set's name? What was the what was our what was our winter set? I don't know names, man. What, what, the, the one below, before you. Sunken City. Sunken City was the spring set. Okay. Uh, Alteric. That, yeah. Alteric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Alteric was released, and um, uh, uh, it really spiked the power level, and Sunken City kind of kept to that power level without moving, and that kind of follows Hearthstone's power cycle where the winter uh set kind of 
ups the power level. And because it's the set that's in standard the shortest amount of time, the developer's a little more comfortable doing that and it kind of sets up the next year. And the next year, very rarely, I think it happened once, uh, doesn't step up the, uh, the the power level and instead keeps the power level from the last set of the year before until its own end of the cycle um, uh, set. So once that hit, this is where we are, right? Like once that hit, we're kind of in this meta. And the only thing different is that when the mini set came out, we exited the wild meta and entered the, uh, the new meta. So that's why this is going to be the meta of, of the future. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do or there's nothing you can draft, uh, really. Not nothing you can do. In-game, I think everyone's kind of got the right idea of how to play this. It's not, it's not like rocket science to play it. There's a lot of different meta levels decision making. But in the draft, I do notice that it's not necessarily that people are making the wrong choices, but people are not as good about identifying what a good draft is right now compared to how good people were beforehand. Uh, we got a 12-win run um, on Friday night that I said was a 12-win deck after I drafted it. And one or two people in chat agreed with me and everybody else was like, you're crazy. This is like a maybe good deck. It's like an above average deck. No one was willing to go with me. This was a 12-win deck. And if you guys know me, you know I don't call out a lot of 12-win decks. Uh, we probably get 11 or 12 wins 15% of the times and less than 5% when I call it as a 12-win deck. Because just by the odds and how much RNG there is, um, a lot of very good decks are actually just like 9-win decks or 8-win decks, right? They're not really 12-win decks. It takes a lot of balls to look at a deck and be like, this one's 12 wins. Yes, it's, you know, you're calling a, a 15%, 10-15% shot right there um, when, in a world with a ton of RNG. But I was so confident in this deck that I made the call. And I was so confident in this deck because this deck went 12-0. We didn't lose a single game. That's because there was that much margin of error that I was able to be like, yeah, this is going 12 wins. I didn't call 12-0, but, but you know, I called 12 wins. And I called 12 wins for a reason. And I'm going to identify some elements of this deck. This is going on YouTube um, sometime next week. Uh, we are officially caught up now on our YouTube uh, backlog. Uh, by the way, if you guys are wanting to watch the Arena Coop, and you, you, you could only do it on Twitch because we were having troubles uploading it to YouTube, and we weren't really looking at stuff, uh, and... David Attenborough says our YouTube manager went on vacation for a bit and I was supposed to step in and then I didn't and then he came back and then he was buried and then it was just the whole thing. Uh, but it's over now. Um, brand new pitched in a bit with the, the thumbnails. We got our Light Forges up. We got our Arena Coops up. So if you haven't been watching them and you want to catch up, they're all up now. Um, our Warlock one is releasing tomorrow, actually. I think we just delayed it um, to make sure the HD is fully uploaded. Uh, but but that's all up. Anyway, the 12-1 run is going to come up then probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday uh, at, at the latest. But look for that. But I want to run over the deck right now. Uh, not like on a card-by-card -card basis, but just the very few items I looked at in the deck. And I said this was a 12-1 deck, and it went 12-0. So here's what makes a good deck. The first thing, the first hole that everybody pointed to and was like, this is why this deck is going to fail. So it's a mage deck, first of all. And mage is like an okay class, but not like a top class or anything. Um, we have three one drops and two two drops in the entire deck. The one drops was like a bubbler and two pelicans. And the two drops were like regular-ish two drops, like two threes or three twos, right? And that's all we had. So everyone said, oh, you don't have two drops. No problem. You don't need two drops in this meta. This is not a meta where two drops are going to win you or lose you the game. But 
more than that, we kind of have two drops. Pelicans are two drops. It's a 4-1. That's basically a two drop. Um, a bubbler is a two drop to everybody besides a demon hunter. Because um, you're going to have to either ping it, which takes two mana tempo-wise, even though you lose a card, to kind of go up against it. Or it's a 2-4, which is a 2.5 drop, really. Uh, so we actually had five two drops. And people just focus on the fact that it was technically two two drops. Whatever. Uh, and then we had six three drops, five four drops. None of that really mattered too much. But you, you have a vaguely normal curve. You don't have to put a lot of focus on it. It just kind of has to sort of uh, be there. You can have a little bit of hole, a little bit of a dip. It's not the biggest problem in the world right now. Second, we had combo outs. That's what I identified immediately, which is that those big giant swings that you see that defines this meta, this deck had them. Now, it takes a little bit to piece together. They're not 100%, but it's never 100%. Right? They're big giant swings. They can't be 100%. Oh, you know, I got a raid boss, uh, Anexia. I, I guess I win now if I get to 10 mana. Like, it's just a couple cards in the game like that. But for the most part, maybe 2-3% of players are going to have those. You're probably not. So you don't really need those. You could take the combo-y approach, which is what this meta, and I think a lot of metas going forward, and especially if you listen to Matt London, Matt London, who is in charge of arena offering rates and how the arena future is progressing in his team, they have said, like, they have tweeted, they have responded, they have said they like synergies. So... We are in a synergy-heavy meta right now that they purposefully selected to be synergy-heavy. And they're probably going to keep doing it because they like it. That's how they envision Arena Future to be, and we just kind of have to get used to it. And what does synergy mean? It means getting more stuff than you're supposed to, right? So if the baseline is Night Captain, then getting more stuff than you're supposed to is got to be, like, significantly more than Night Captain, which becomes these ridiculous swings. Anyway... We had what I call four outs. I think you need at least three for a deck to be good, two for a deck to be average. If you have less than two, then you're in the troubling decks that you're going to like probably not hit six wins, you know, 75% of the time. Um, and an out is just the ability to totally flip the game that if your opponent, uh, that, that your opponent needs to generally spend three or more cards and or two turns just to respond to whatever the heck you just did. Um, and that's the kind of pace that this game is. That's the kind of swing that this game deals with now. And if you have an out, that doesn't mean you play it immediately. We, we play our outs when we think it has the most impact, which is another skill that you'll have to learn. That is, that used to be less of a thing, right? It used to be like, oh, I put my synergy together. We're playing it this turn. Why? Because we win the game. Why would you want to win the game a turn later, right? You're giving him more chances to put out raid boss, uh, uh Anexia. Um, but... In, in these times, you just kind of have to assume that your opponent also has counter outs. So when you play your big bomb, your opponent plays their big bomb. So you got to like pick your spots to like maximize the damage of your big bomb or bait out some of the opponent's p ways to deal with your big bomb before you put your big bomb out. Um, but what do I mean by big bomb? Let's, let's, let's go there. So the first bomb we had was literally a bomb. It was Queen Ashara. Uh... It's a mage. We have plenty of spells. Um, we have spells that, uh, that generate spells. We have other things that like generate stuff. We're going to have a decent amount of spells. So eventually, as long as the queen is in my hand, she's probably going to come out. 
And that gives a Colossus. It's a very inefficient Colossus um, with the Queen, with the delay, right? It's not like actually just having a Colossus. But it's almost like having a Colossus. And Colossuses are ridiculously good. So we have that one out. It's a late game out. Um, although we did we hit it on curve a couple times actually, which was uh, which was game over. Um, but um, this is probably responsible for like four of the of the twelve wins. Uh, I would say just you queen Ashara, and then they either can't respond or it takes all their resources to respond, and you push out. Or it, when I say four games, I meant four major impact games. So it includes games in which we were losing. And then Queen of Shower brought us back. And it wasn't like we were going to win after that, but we now, like, we're in a much better position that other stuff could carry it over. So that's Queen of Shara. That's your classic example of a bomb. Other bombs are we had four Discover spells. I counted those as two. I count each Discover a spell card, whether it's a Scorpid or it's the Ruined Orb or it's, I'm forgetting the name, the 6-4-5 drop that, uh, that uh, generates a spell. Each uh, one of those... Conjurer? Huh? Conjurer, Conjurer, yes. yeah. Yes. So each one of those has, like... I don't know if it actually has a 50% chance of getting one of those game-changing spells, like Rune or, like, whatever. Well, it's probably... I'm probably exaggerating, right? Like, it probably has a, a less than uh, than that amount of chance of, uh, of actually generating the card. So maybe a third... Um, of uh, uh, of an out each each thing that generates a spell because mages have these big spell bombs and you have a good chance of discovering them. So I think those cards everyone look at as good, but in a meta like this, those cards are the best cards in the game. You cannot get single cards better than them because uh, you have a chance for an out. However good your gangplank is or your knight captain is, it is not a chance for an out. That's what was so freaking ridiculous about Mothership, was that it was always a chance for an out. Like, your Mothership can always put out 5-4 worth of tempo with initiative that could preserve the body and then pop out 2-3-4s. And it would do that, like, 30% of the time back then. It doesn't do that as often anymore, so it's, it's a little more uh, under control. But... That's an out. That's a one card out. And that was a rare card, rare neutral card. Uh, so here you have chances to find an out. Chances to find an out is better than no chance to find it out. Night Captain gives you no chance to find it out. Zero. Rune Orb gives you what? A one third chance to find it out. That's good. That's just in this meta, that is much more valuable than the tempo card advantage analysis at its fundamental base. So we, got, we had four of those. And then finally, we had a Grey Parrot. Now, a Grey Parrot is a good card, but we identified this on like the first day of the meta, which is that a Grey Parrot in a meta like this that is synergy heavy and where outs are so important, a Grey Parrot is an amazing card. And we did not have any spells to really back it up. We had a Blizzard, which is not the best spell to come out of a Grey Parrot. You really want something better than that. And we had a o o Over... Charge Overload? I forget what the card is. Uh, it's one that deals 8 damage, and then it summons a, a thing for, for all the th uh, damage over damage it deals. Uh, I'm blanking on the card's name. Oh, um, Arcane Overload? Oh, Arcane, is it Arcane Overload? Uh, you, you got that word stuck in my head now. <laughs> I don't think it's Overload. It's over something. Um, but yeah, but you guys know the card I'm talking about. It's 5 mana, it deals 8 damage. Overflow, yes. Arcane Overflow. Once you said Overload, I was like, okay, well that's the name now. 
Yeah, so it deals 8 damage, uh, and whatever overage it deals, like if you know, the opponent only has uh, 4 health, for example, uh, it summons a 4-4. Four, four. If it has only 1 health, it summons a 7-7. Seven, seven. So it's a, it's a really good card, but that is not an out. You don't win games off Arcane Overflow, as ridiculous of a card it is. That's like a Night Captain. It's like better than a Night Captain, but it's like on the same kind of like level as Night Captain. Like It's going to be a really good move, but is it going to win you the game? Not often. Which is, which is silly. Like, it's silly that this meta has kind of eclipsed Night Captains. So yeah, Night Captains are down, but Night Captains don't win the game anymore. Um, so, we had those. Uh, Ar Arcane Overflow is really good coming out of a Grey Parrot. Um, Blizzard, not so much. And those are the only two high spells in our, uh, in our entire deck. But what we could do is we could generate high spells, right? So sometimes the Great Parrot became an out when we generated a high spell. But usually we just used it to Blizzard again, and it was, it was like, really good. It still functioned as an out. Because you Blizzard once, what do you want to do after a Blizzard? You almost always want to Blizzard again. And here you go, you get to Blizzard again. Um, so that, together, is somewhere between three and four outs. That's a lot of outs. That is a lot of outs. They're all asterisks. Great Parrot doesn't function by itself, and we only had two cards, only one of which was a premium card that allowed it to function, but it functioned enough times for it to do stuff. Discoverers are not guaranteed, but it'll function enough time for it to do stuff. Queen, you do need the spells, and it does take a long time, and then you can't really miss on a Colossus, but you could, right? Like, you could get one that's not what you need, and then you, you'll play it. It's, well, you know, four mana, essentially, but it's not going to help as much. Um... But none of that matters. What matters is the number of outs you have. Because if you try your outs again and again and again and again, some of them are going to hit. And that's how you win in this meta. That is the best way to win in this meta. So I'm not saying, like, this isn't, I don't think this is rocket science in that, like, if you, uh, you know, have really good cards, you should, as options, you should draft them. But draft stuff in anticipation of really good cards, too. Like, you have to, within your draft, start building towards your outs. Because you're not going to get a Dragon Queen Alexstrasza that often. Like, for each class, you have to know what kind of outs the class offers. And then build so that those asterisks become less and less asterisk-y. Even, you know, even though you haven't gotten the, uh, the, all the pieces of, of the, the puzzle yet. Um, and, uh, and when you get the deck, you should recognize how good it is. Like, the easiest way to know that people are missing the meta is when they don't recognize how good of a deck this is. This is not a good deck. This is a great deck. This is like a 1 in 50, 1 in 100 kind of deck that could have been drafted. And people were like, oh, this is a good deck. Like, it's like a, a, a 1 in 5 deck or a 1 in 4 deck. And the, the difference between a 1 in 4 deck and a 1 in 50 deck is ridiculously high, right? So if you're not recognizing that difference, that means you're probably not drafting correctly. Um... I think play-wise, it's not that hard to play in this meta. Uh, when you when you like figure out what to do in it, it's a little bit of mind games, a little bit of whatever. But at the end of the day, the actual you know brain power and decision making by logic uh, is is not quite as high as uh, as it usually is. But in the draft, there is a lot more skill now than there used to be. Um, and, and that doesn't mean you can save every draft or even most drafts. It just means that when you edge drafts into 
areas where you maximize its benefits and you minimize its weaknesses or you allow for weaknesses that matter less, right? Like that's where you can eke out little bits of advantages in your draft and that'll translate into your into your record. Um, for what it's worth, the games are super exciting because, you know, we have a whole bunch of Discover spells. We have a Grey Parrot. We had uh, a, a Queen Ashara. Those are all exciting cards. But more than that, they're all cards that don't do anything for a while. So all the games had to go late. And then so you saw all of the opponent's stuff. Like, everything the opponent had to throw. We saw all of it. And it was ridiculous. And every time we're like, okay, this is how we're going to counter them next. Okay, we did this. They totally flipped it back on us. That's fine. We got more outs in the deck. We just have to stall until we get them and piece them together. No, I'm not using this card right now. Because our out is that we have to draw or generate or somehow get the other piece to it. Or else we're not going to win anyway. Like... Those are the kinds of play you make in this meta. Cool. Yeah, I think that all sounds fair, as in those are kind of what you need in this meta. And it's a lot of the reason why a lot of people are frustrated, right? If you go watch, <laughs> for some reason or another, if you go watch Dreads, you know that he is very, very frustrated with the meta. And a lot of this has to do with what it takes to succeed in this meta. So all of the discovers that you're talking about, right? Discovers are fun to an extent. When you're playing this a lot, like I know some leaderboard players are gonna be doing, um, some people who play this as their job, uh, it's going to be pretty frustrating. But something you said at the very beginning, this is a meta of the future, right? Like mm -hmm. we should be seeing this stuff more and more. This is what we're bringing back here, full circle. This is the meta of the future. This is the meta of the future. And Matt London uh, and team has been very responsive in the timing of changes, for example, all of the latest adjustments, right? And also taking away uh, rarity to some extent, like commons can be basically as rare as epics for example mm -hmm. um we have seen that um but at the at the same time it's like i think we have to accept that there's going to be new powerful cards discover i don't think is going away anytime soon because it is very very fun for a lot of people so it sounds we, like they have a plan for it though. i think they have like, a plan Matt london said something about like just something about discover I forget what it was specifically, but it was definitely addressed, like, as a point that they're, like... I, th I think publicly on that tweet, um, yeah. uh, in that thread, uh, he said that they were looking at Discover, as in, they yeah, understand. Like they, they know the problem, and yeah. they're, like, looking at the problem, which is not what anybody else has done. Like, previously, we've never... Discover's been around forever, right? It was, like, a mechanic from five years ago. Nobody right. has said, in the arena, we're looking at Discover... Nobody has said that because they were never looking at Discover because they know how much effort it would take to do anything with Discover, right? We're talking about coding changes or we're talking about, like, specific pools for each card that you have to, like, adjust by hand. And they knew. They knew that they weren't going to put that kind of resources in the arena. Um, but now they're looking at it. Like, I think that's major. I think that means, like, whatever is going to happen, they see it, they see it as a problem, and they're going to do something about Discover. I think so. Um... It is really, really frustrating that, like, all of these frustrating cards, <clears throat> if you look at where they come from, predominantly it's not from the draft. It is getting discovered, right? And a lot of these big, powerful spells as well. 
Um, and you could do offering rates for discovers to some extent. I don't know if that's possible. You could also make it such that the meta that is currently meta uh, doesn't allow for, you know, give them so much time to do all of this. Like part of the reason why parrots are so good is because there's mm -hmm. enough time to do parrot things, right? You hold parrot in your hand, whether we're talking about the shaman parrot or the mage parrot, you get value out of these parrots always, like mm -hmm. always. Nobody is challenging you, right? Uh, and it's about like being able to hit that combo semi-consistently. So I think like, unless there is some major change to it, you know, caveat here, if we're talking about the future metas, uh, caveat is like, okay, at least the system that we have here in place, it will be the same, you know, like we're, we're talking about adjustments here, new expansions, mm -hmm. doing this, doing that, not like, oh, we completely revamped it and it's now Duels Arena 5.0. Oh, yeah, don't say like that. Duels don't 2. say 2. that. Oh, I, no. But, but no. I know. Nightmares. I know. Uh, it's like, oh, it's Duels uh, 2.0. But so here's what I think will happen. Powerful cards are going to get printed. I think the way to address this somewhat is to... And this is gonna be this is gonna be tough because you can adjust this in two ways. You could take away discovers, as in like, okay, so there's actually new and probably because the Zalboiser does it, invisible offering rates such that when you discover a dragon, your chance of discovering RBO is really super low. That just seems frustrating. Another way to do it would be to... They, they've done that. Like, think of, like, Alex yeah. Traza in, no, it, it's, uh, in it, Battlegrounds. Yeah, it's it, it's true. It's true. Um, I think that they could do it. The question is, like, could they actually implement that and be happy with the game? Mm -hmm. Because people would be frustrated by, by that. Um, and another way is to just you know actually create artificially because it's going to be tough to just do it if you put in standard artificially create through some sort of curated set like box like cube whatever you want to do with it um create a meta such that there is not that much time there is potential for a little bit more mid-range right like you can't play mid-range these days and have a lot of success you have to play kind of this like slow i'm waiting for my combo you're waiting for your combo but i'm gonna play my combo a little bit better but but, but if, like but like the combo is mid-range like combo yes, is not like it can like, be control but it can also be mid-range like, right that was not a control combo there. It no it, it's combo it's there. not but it's not mid like the the slope is very different right you're like you're jumping up and down a little bit more than the than the classic mid-range that that we want to think about it's like oh okay you know we're gonna get some incremental um stuff and and, and this is why uh it's really shown by your statement it's like oh we, we don't really need twos right yeah it's like we yeah. can come back because it's a combo deck but i'm just yeah, saying a, a combo, combo deck is not like i don't want listeners to think that it's a control deck or that it's an attrition deck it's still a mid-range temp like tempo wise it's still a mid-range deck it's just not like it's goals for winning it's win conditions are different than your classic uh mid-range deck but so, pacing wise it's similar yes pa pacing wise like if you just look at kind of 
like or yeah. if you smooth like it out a lot more yeah. right yeah if you yeah. look if you smooth it out a lot more you're like oh okay this looks similar but the the variance from mm -hmm. like turn to turn and especially yeah. and your you're goals very, yeah you're very okay with skipping turn two yeah. and in the classic mid-range deck you're just like wait what like i, I, mean, I <laughs> yeah that, that, there's no way, right? Like you are no longer mid-range if you are saying to yourself, just skip your two drop. It's fine. Um, we like you can try to do that as well because I don't know what you think about the viability and by viability it really means like fun for <laughs> the pretty hardcore crowd. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's tough. Like I, like look, you, you you can say Dreads always complains, which he does. Uh, but he complains at different volumes, though. He's, he he's in a bad place. He's in a bad. He's in a dark place. <laughs> these days. Let, let me tell you that. Um, but you know, you also hear some frustration from other content creators. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I I actually jammed a decent amount of arena when this meta came out, and I just saw quickly. I was like, this ain't yeah. it for me. Um, and they this, like they changed it, right? They gave the micro adjust, but it didn't fundamentally change the meta. Like, that was the thing. It changed all the classes around, but the meta's the same. And this is part of what I'm saying, which is that I don't think they can make it different. This is the meta of the future. Like, they just did micro-adjust, and they shut down all the top-performing uh, hard. They shut them down. The top-performing neutral cards, hard. They shut down a lot of the top-class cards. In the next adjustment, whenever that happens, I'm sure Warlock's going to get shut down. Um, and, and, and it's still going to be the same. Because what did I do that was ridiculous? I wasn't a warlock. I was a mage. I don't know what the mage win rate is, but it's like pretty close to fifty percent, forty-seven percent. I think it is. I don't know. It's it's it, it, like mage is not going to be adjusted down. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, it's fifty-one percent. Like mage is not really going to be adjusted down in this uh, upcoming adjustment, even if warlock is. To the extent mage is adjusted down, it's by a very tiny bit, and that's because everybody's just expected to do this. Everybody is just expected to have these kinds of combos, no matter what classes you are, and. While Blizzard adjusts everything down, and they're doing a good job of trying to get everything to be adjusted down more, they can't control it. Not to the degree that you will you will ever get the old metas back without a lot of old sets, and then you have the various problem um, of you know real crap cards uh, in that, that that just sink your deck if you draw it because they were old, <laughs> and, and now they're they're not uh, playable. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I don't know how you solve for this. On the discover issue, besides, uh, like, I always favor uh, doing it by offering odds because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, in Constructed, you put whatever cards you want in your deck, so when you discover, you can discover any card. In Arena, you get offered three random cards, so you basically get offered a discover, um, and the random cards have an offering rate. There's a reason why you don't get literally three random cards, but they actually have offering rates, and that's the way you build your deck. So just like in Constructed, you build your deck however you want, all even, uh, that's why they get offered to you like that in Constructed. In Arena, you get offered by offering rates. So when you get offered for Discover, it should be by offering rates. But another way that may be easier to control the Discover uh, effect is really just to get rid of the third offering. If you if it's a choose between two, um, Discover gets a bit worse. Uh, I think it's still very powerful, but it would be very much appreciated. And that would not be hidden. Right? That would be something that you just have to play one Discover card in Arena, and you'll immediately be like, wait, what? Where's my third card? And then you'll be like, oh, I guess in Arena we only get two cards. Um, so it's like an easier to understand way of doing it. Uh, I don't like it as much, but it'll have a... And it won't have the same effect. It won't be as... It won't punish Discover down to the place where it should be punished. 
it will just kind of ease the pain that is Discover still being OP, but helpful. Yeah. Um, Look, Discover, I think, is here to stay, and for good reason, and it's just too much fun. It, it's too like it's too much fun for too many people it's going to stay it might not stay in its current form which is untouched um but i think for us to ask that discovers be reduced in hearthstone that's probably not going to happen so i think any idea has to go forward with like okay so discover is going to keep being printed what do you know like Let's accept that, and then what do we what do we do about it? How do we work yeah. around that, or yeah. how do we tweak that in some arena friendly way that also doesn't require too much work, hopefully. Uh, so <clears throat> that's kind of the future. Like the power level is going to keep on increasing, but what you want to decrease are these feelings of uh, lack of control these feelings of i just lost all the this advantage that i took so many turns to get um because they discovered and they got something or maybe they just top deck something but like the discover aspect feels so much worse right um like let's say they top deck like scorpid into a giant spell or they top deck the uh, Bronze Explorer into next turn a huge dragon, mm-hmm. whether it's RBO, whether it's Alexstrasza, whatever, right? Um, so I, I think that is kind of going to be the future. like, And I think that's what we should be pushing, like I, ways to work around that. I, I think that we, we, we should be doing that. I think they see it as a problem. Like, uh, I mean, Matt Lynn already said that they were looking at it, uh, but... You can't solve it. Like, you can solve Discover, but Discover is not the only problem. It's not even half the problem. It's just kind of the problem that's been around the longest. And, uh, you know, like, it's something that can be solved. Like, if you look at what I'm calling outs, more than half the outs you have in a deck in this meta are not going to be from Discovers. They are going to just be inherently in your freaking deck because of synergies. So if you control the Discovers... Let's say you nerf the discovers down by half of what they're supposed to do or whatever, right? Like, you got to put some randomness in there still. Maybe you go a little harder. Either way, you've reduced your total amount of outs in this meta by, like, 25%, 33% at absolute most. What are you going to do with all the other cards? Well, what you're going to do with all the other cards is for the single card ones, which nobody, like, likes. Like, I don't. I think my Matt London's team says, oh, we're going to do uh, nerfing of, uh, uh, we're, sorry, we're going to focus on synergies. They mean they want you to do stuff. They don't want you to just put down Rayboss and Nexia. In fact, Rayboss and Nexia was the first legendary that got nerfed to be a super legendary in offering rate. That's how much that team did not like Rayboss and Nexia. They didn't ban it, you know, as I think they, they really could have. Um, but uh, they did take unprecedented action with a uh, with a legendary card, so they're not big fans of those kinds of cards. Uh, and you see them uh, nerfing offering rates for the the stuff. But when it comes to combos, they're not going to nerf them. That's not that's not what's going to happen. Yep. And so you're going to keep having this kind of power level, not as much as it is now. I think we're at the point right now where the power level is at its highest, and they have done the least to address it because the team is still figuring out stuff like how much do we nerf offering rates to have what kind of effect right and like we haven't solved the discover problem yet it's on our docket somewhere right we're looking at it um so we're we're at we're in the worst we're in the worst part 
but hopefully we'll come out of it at some point. But even when we come out, don't expect it to be like twice as good. It may be like 50% better, 33% better. And uh, so you kind of have to get used to this meta. It is the meta of the future. All right. Anything else very fast that you want to say? Otherwise, yes. Okay. I think we have say to it. cover it. Uh, and that's because cards got nerfed. We had a patch. We All nerfed right. cards. Some of these are super arena relevant. So the biggest nerf is school teacher. Hooray! The card that never should have been a 4 mana 5-4 with a ridiculous ability attached to it is now properly a 4 mana 4-3. Four, uh, it's still really good. You should, still, you very should good. still definitely pick it. Um, but now it's not problematic anymore. It's not problematic at all. I remember I saw my opponent play a school teacher and, and I was so happy. I was just filled with joy just looking at school teacher and seeing that it is a 4-3 like it should be. Like just so much joy in my heart. Like I... I probably felt as good seeing this card get played in that state as I did any move or a good RNG or whatever that I experienced in the last few weeks. Just such a good change. Um, I, I haven't tracked the offering rates about how it affected it, but I'm not offering rates, uh, the win rates, but I'm sure that it is no longer dominant, but it is still a good card. Uh, they nerfed a bunch of other cards. We're not going to go over all of them. They're like barely arena uh, relevant, but the, the other big one that got hit is Battleworn Vanguard. This is the card, the Demon Hunter card, that uh, has been really destroying every single meta where Demon Hunter has had an advantage. Uh, it's the 2 mana 2-2 two, two after your hero attacks on a 2 one, one fell wings. So on turn 3, your Demon Hunter deals 1 damage, has a 2-2-1-1-1-1. Two, two, one, 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 one. Uh, like, it's just, it's just totally silly for Arena. So now it's a 2-1 instead of a 2-2. Two, two. And it's still an insanely good card. But now it makes more sense. Yep. That's really the uh, status of both um, these cards that got nerfed. Still very pickable, very good cards. But yeah, it's not crazy anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, I think that's good. Like those were by far the two most relevant ones. Um, two of just the absolute killers in, uh, in Arena. Yep. Um, and we'll we'll wrap up uh, here. Let's do a question from the goat, brought to you by our patrons, Patreon.com/slash/GrinningGoat. And I'm gonna ask the question not because our patrons necessarily care, but just because we are about to do something weird that we have never done. And that is, we're breaking up the Lightforge and the Coop on this Sunday. Right now that you're recording, if you're watching this live, what's gonna happen next is not the Coop. It is not. Merp's leaving because he needs to do something. It is us playing Diablo Immortal, and that is because we're a top 10 clan. The Grinning Goat is officially a top 10 clan on the Worldstone server, which is one of the most competitive servers in, uh, in Diablo Immortal uh, in North America. Uh, Maxroll has uh, three uh, clans there. And uh, we were uh, we were we were playing with uh, with Echo, uh, who is uh, the leader of the Matrol Clan uh, in our uh, um, in the Worldstone server uh, earlier. Just because it's a, it's a good community in that they they broke it up to fifty servers in North America. Okay, so we don't are... need how many servers. What we do need is to tell you guys that we have been dominating. We will continue to dominate. If you are interested in playing, get on the Worldstone server. Uh, you can tweet at us. You can join our Discord as well. We are very active. But right now, we are going to go okay. Okay. crush 
and that's it for the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, Thank okay. you so we, much. We, 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 we didn't dominate. Let's let's set the record straight. We won by one percent and barely scraped by in our first match against. against we Death are going Texas. to get ready for the match. Okay, okay. Okay. See you guys. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Until next time. By the way, if you want to join, it's the Worldstone server, and we are grinning goat, obviously. Come, everyone's welcome. You don't have to spend a cent. You could spend a million dollars, and it probably won't Good be the character all that much. Um, see you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're another Lightforge. And um, until then, this is Advita. This is Murps. Goodbye. <laughs>